Welcome everyone to another exciting and packed, action-packed edition of Conversations with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Louisville fan delight, Undertaker fan delight. You know how it is, baby. <laughs> you know it's old Shelby, old nasty. How we doing the eight today, y'all? It's Monday morning as I'm recording this. Swig of fucking Mountain Dew for it all working, man. Ah, oh, that's good Mountain Dew right there. In my silver stained Louisville cup, I got my in plastic waste cup. I got the Louisville Florida State game earlier this year. <coughs> Excuse that cough. Still fighting the cold for a reason, man. My allergies are kicking my ass. So we got a little bit to talk about today, guys. We got a lot to talk about on the show. Obviously, you know, I got we got the WWE Crown Jewel review coming to the year today. We're talking about Louisville football. We're talking about Louisville basketball. We're talking about my Pittsburgh Steelers. We're talking Louisville AEW. We're going to talk about the Houston Astros. I got a lot to talk about today. Maybe my, one of my longest episodes, to be honest with you. First off, let's get the get the uh, the good stuff out of the way. How about them Louisville Cardinals football? How about that football team down there in Louisville, Kentucky? How about down in the 502? 6-3, took care of a really good James Madison team this past weekend and everything else. Heading into Death Valley. You know, I tweeted a couple weeks ago that we were going to, after we beat Pittsburgh, I told my dad, I called my dad on the phone and said, Dad, we will be 6-3 and three heading in. To Death Valley. And dad goes, man, shove it's going to be tough, man. We got Wake Forest next week. I said, he said, they hung 40 on Clemson. I said, don't care, dad. We're going to figure a way out to beat him. And I went down there that game, and we shocked the world, man. And I don't think it was really a shock. I think that I think we got one of the better defensive units in the country, to be honest with you. I think Abdul and Darby all first-round picks. I think Clark's a first-round pick. I think we got three guys on that defense that can easily play in the NFL. And I think we got a lot of other guys that can play, too, as well. You know, I apologize for any other players out there I forget. And by the way, also, I want to give a shout-out to some people on uh, Twitter. I put my I put my podcast first time on Twitter. I shared the link. And I want to thank everyone who messaged me and said that you guys liked it. You liked the take I had on things. You liked the take I had on some of the Louisville media. I really appreciate that, guys. I appreciate the positive energy. Hell, if you want to come back and give me a negative review, I'll listen to it and see if I can improve on it. I'm not one of these guys that's going to hate on anything, man. You know, you can send me your criticism all you want. I don't care. I also want to talk about some boxing today, too, as well. But back to Louisville football. So I really believe that we the program is in the right direction the first time in four or five years, man. Satterfield has finally got these guys clicking. It feels like everything is working. And I will state this. I think we're going to go to Clemson this weekend. And I don't think it's going to be a shock. I think Dabble better make the right decision at quarterback either way because Louisville's coming. And I really believe Louisville will beat can beat Clemson. They got everything in their right mind to beat Clemson on on Saturday. At 3.30. They got everything. They got everything they got in mind to beat them. And it, is, it ain't even close. And I really believe that we got a shot to do this. We've got a shot to do this, and I think it's going to happen. Now, I will state this for the record. If you really believe that, that we're going to go up there and lay an egg and we're not going to show up and play, nah. We're going to play our asses off. We're going to run the ball against them. We're going to do everything we can. And I want to put this out there about Malik Cunningham real quick. You hear that Mountain Dew crickling with that ice? The hate that some Louisville fans have towards Malik Cunningham pisses me off. It really does. The guy has been through bullshit after bullshit after four, four years here. And y'all still sit there and nitpick every little thing this man does. Well, he ran the wrong route. He ran the option the right way. Well, he should have threw it there. He should have. You know what? The majority of the people that are making these criticisms can't even throw a fucking football five or ten yards downfield. Oh, they could, but it'd be inaccurate as shit. Maybe with a Nerf ball you could do that. 
So once again, that young man has has carried so much weight on his shoulders. First off, he had to follow follow a Louisville great Lamar Jackson. He had to follow a great Lamar Jackson. And look what he did. Look what he's done. And I want to put this out here to another thing for y'all real quick. ESPN, nobody in Louisville is comparing Malik to Lamar Jackson. No one is doing that. So where the fuck that narrative comes from with y'all when comparing quarterback shit? Stop it. Just stop it. Lamar had Malik, yeah, broke I think Malik broke his total touchdown record or whatever, but Lamar did that shit in two and a half years as a starting quarterback. If Bobby Trino had fucked around had fucked around his freshman year with him his first four or five games of his career and actually started his ass, <laughs> Lamar probably would have had double that record by now or something. Shut up. Just stupid. But we're gonna go to Death Valley. We're gonna get a win. I think we're gonna get a I believe, I believe in my heart that we can go up there. We can go down there. The best position since 2016, we can go down there and we can get a win. We get a win in Death Valley, that's two top ten wins. Because I believe Clemson's in the top ten still that Satterfield's gotten. And I'll tell you right now, if he wins, if Louisville wins Saturday or Satterfield keeps it close, get that extension booted out, Josh Hurd. Get it out give him his extension. Because let me tell you something, they'll take care of NC State at home, and we definitely going to go down to Kroger Field in Lexington, Kentucky. We're going to kick somebody's ass. Long overdue. Because let me tell you something, Kentucky fans. Y'all really believe in your hearts you can beat us? Let me point this out to you right here, right now. Because all the Kentucky media out there, the Kyle, you know, the, the Matt Jones of the world, the J.R. Stubbles, those guys have been running their mouth talking cash shit. When Louisville's been down the last four or five years, I mean, Louisville, I mean, Kentucky fans were happy to be playing on the, the weak side of the SEC East. And I had a, I got a really good friend of mine I work with, Ramon Toby. And he's a diehard Kentucky fan, man. I'm, you know, I respect him for it, man. You know, he's diehard. He and me and him actually get along because we we have so much in common on you know college sports. Even though we bump heads and we talk shit to each other, but it's all good. You know, I respect his opinion. He respects my opinion. We value each other. Like when he he'll call me or text me when he wants me to about a parlay on online DraftKings. He'll ask me, wait, man, what do you think about this and that? And I'll throw it to him and he'll give me my opinion, whatever. But he said something earlier this year when he was beating the shit. Man, we going to go 11-1. We got a top he got a top five quarterback going to go in the NFL draft. We got Rodriguez back there. Man, we're going to go 11-1. And I told him, I said, you'll lose to Florida, which I was wrong. But you got Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia, and us. You'll have four losses by the end of the year. He said, man, we're going to go 11-1. We'll beat Tennessee. I told him by, I told him by the second week of the season, Tennessee's back. They're, they're on the way back. I said, they're going to beat the shit out of you guys. And I looked on the schedule. Kentucky was coming off a bye week. I said, they won't be prepared. Watch. And sure enough, they got their ass kicked. So they got – and I, I was wrong. They got three losses now, and they're going to get lose to Georgia. I believe they played Georgia this year. They're going to get their ass kicked by Georgia, and then we're going to go down there. We're going to shock. We're not going to shock them. We're going to whoop their ass. And by the way, we're in the AP the AP polls number twenty two. This is a good feeling, but I will let you know this right right now. The polls never meant shit to me because it's right now. I want to win out this year, and I want to go to a big bowl game. I want to have ten wins this year. We need it, and we got a hell of a class coming next year for football. So little football is on the swing ways up. We wait, swing the swing of things is up. Now let's talk about little basketball because let me tell you what I got planned for this. The see college basketball starts today technically, but my season kicks off Wednesday night. And also good luck to the girls tonight on their their winning with Jeff Walls. Good luck as I record this. Good luck tonight 
We got a shot. We should win it. We should be in the hunt to go to the final four this year with those girls, man. Jeff has done a hell of a job. But I'll let everybody know, Jeff, we got to get one, brother. I know you want one, but let's get one. We got a chance. So, but anyway, back to what I was saying. So, let's talk about the Kenny Payne era. I will let this know right here, right now. The five years of lingering and everything, it's over. It's over, y'all. We can finally lay down our heads at night. I tweeted the night I found when I woke up that morning for work as I worked nights. I tweeted that morning or that night, that even before I went to work, I said, for the first time in five years, I'm going to work with my head holding up high with nothing knowing leans over the University of Louisville's basketball program, men's program, excuse me. And plain and simple, this is what's going to happen. Now, everybody still is on Kenny Payne's ass. He hasn't recruited well enough. Look at the roster he's got. I want to make this real clear to y'all. Really clear to y'all. He has had multiple other programs stab him in the back and say shit like, they're going to be a repeat offender. They're not going to be able to play the NCAA tournament for two or three years. They're not going to have scholarships for you, everything else. But I'll tell you what happened. The day of the ruling has, he had a five-star player named Carter Bryant, top seven player in class 2024, I believe, on campus the day after the ruling. It gonna come, y'all. And when it comes, like I told people last week, all them guys on there running their mouth on Twitter and everything else, blah, 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 blah. We need this guy back. And here's another thing about Rick Patino. I have some people say they need to bring Rick back. Rick is 70-something years old, y'all. How many more years he's got left in him? Kenny's in his mid to late 50s. At least we can build something. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen. Kenny's going to be successful at Louisville, and then 15, 20 years down the line when he's ready to walk away, Noel Smith's going to take that job over. That's what's going to happen. I don't know who in their right mind thinks this shit's going to work with that, but come on. Y'all get on my goddamn nerves with that. Talking about, oh, well, Kenny can't recruit. The fuck he can't recruit. <laughs> Whatever. And J.R. Stubble, the Kentucky media guy who has every slick thing to say about Louisville and everything else, Hey, big boy, keep that same energy when we kick your ass in Commonwealth and then make a little slick-ass comment you like to make no matter what. Let's remember something. Before this four- or five-year rebuild happened, we was whooping your ass in football. We were winning eight, nine games every year, and we were manhandling your ass. Let's be honest. Just want to point that out there to you. You'll never listen to this, and I really don't care. So, fuck them. Anyway, just want to get that out there. But I'm excited. Like I said, 20, 25 games this year they can win. They'll win in between it. I think they're going to – there's team – which you guys need to listen to me and listen to me good on this. Week by – excuse me, game by game, you need to see improvements. Game by game, we need to see improvements. If we see improvements, it's going to take us time slow. Now, they're going to be the negative little fans, you know, not the, the fans that want to whine and bitch about everything. Like, there's a guy on uh, Twitter, I won't even say his name, but he everything everything's negative. Everything is negative. Everything has to be like, you know – the last he found the guy had something negative to say about the Wake Forest and Louisville game two weeks two weeks ago, on the um, you know Riley run that interception acting as on he fumbled the ball. They're up thirty fucking points. Like dude, like there there, there was no way to push the game. Well, it was a dumb play. Yeah, it was a dumb play, but ain't nothing to ruin the game about. Jesus Christ, y'all just want to be negative about everything. Shut the fuck up. Some of y'all just need to be slapped and be. Some of y'all just need to be slapped once. That's what the problem is. Just being honest. And I ain't promoting violence here. I'm just saying. It's truth is truth. And I've told a couple fans that had an issue with me. I got an inbox. Y'all want to talk? Come talk to me. I told a burner account that the other day. He didn't hop in it. I'm not scared of you. 
Well, the inbox is open, but he ain't, he didn't happen in the inbox, so call it what it say. Call it what you want to be. <sighs> Got a lot of those accounts muted, too, for a reason as well, because they're going to hop in the inbox, you're going to get muted. Boom. That's how it is. So, but anyway, I think Coach Payne's going to get this promo in the right direction. We got a nice, we got a nice, I think the ground, like dad said, my dad told me this the other night. They got three guys on that lineup that played good minutes last year. They're the captains for a reason. But you got guys like Kamari Lanes who can play. Devin Reeve can shoot the ball. They got some good core pieces. Rose is back too. He's got great hands. I think they're going to be fine, guys. Kenny Payne inherited a mess. And I was surprised he got the guys he did, to be honest with you. You know, you know that that the ass clown of Louisville media, Rashawn Myers, who I oh, so you want to respond late? Oh, Rashawn, that's so cute. Took you that long to reply to me. You're an ass clown, dude. I ain't gonna waste my time. So actually, you no know one. Maybe I can do that on there, Amir. Again, this tweet was sent the first half Saturday game. You're slightly late. Very late, but still on my timeline. Came up as well. Sorry about that, y'all. I'm dealing with an ass clown. I apologize for that, guys. I got distracted by an ass clown, but I had to set that straight for what I had to do. Plain and simple. But I will make a point here. I think we're gonna be we're gonna be all right. Just hang in tight and do what you want to do. You can either go to the game support, but let me let me make this real clear. Guys, go to the Yum Series, support these guys. The players need it. The players need it. Plain and simple. They need it. Plain and simple. So, it is what it is. I'm excited and everything else. I'm excited for this. It's a new beginning for Louisville basketball. It's about damn time. Let's talk about my Pittsburgh Steelers now. But anyway, um, I will say this. They made the right move to train Chase Claypool. It's just time. You know, we need a new beginning in Pittsburgh. You know, I think personally, my opinion, Matt Cannon, his offensive coordinator, has got to go. He's had three quarterbacks that he has worked with in his time in Pittsburgh, and he has failed every one of them. Now, Ben really wasn't his fault, but Ben can't move, let's be honest. Ben couldn't move his last two years in Pittsburgh. That was the problem. <coughs> What made Ben good is excuse me as I cough. What made Ben good was he could extend plays out of the pocket, and Ben couldn't do that his last year and a half at Pittsburgh. So I will let you know I do like I do like Kenny Pickett. Yes, he throws a lot of picks, but man, he, the ball's getting out of his hands. It just takes time with Kenny. I will also state that I am a big fan of the core pieces they got. I like Najee, even though Najee has not had that great of a year. He can't read a hole to save his life, but. Also, the offensive line has been piss poor. By the way, can somebody tell me why Louisville? I mean, not Louisville, but why Pittsburgh has not put a fullback behind center with behind Kenny Pickett out of the, out of the pistol, the shotgun, the plays we run, and maybe give Najee some extra blocking? Will that help him a little bit? You know, I will let you know. I will say one thing about Le'Veon Bell. The one thing I loved about Le'Veon, Le'Veon was so patient he could wait for a hole and go through it. 
But I'll be honest with you guys, Pittsburgh's not had a great running back since then. It's just time. They got to do something. Now, I do like Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren plays his ass off. I like me some Jalen Warren. He's a stealer, but I like it. But they got good core pieces. I like Firebooth, they're tied in. I like Deontay Johnson. I'm a big fan of George Pickens. And I like our defense. I love Fitz. You know, but I will. I love Cameron Hayward. Let's be honest, though, man. TJ Watt, I love TJ, but TJ ain't on the field, man. You got to do something, man, because this is ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. Can we just. Can we just do something like? Can we like? Can, can TJ just that Watt juice is great when it's healthy, man. But he's got some. These guys get hurt quite often, unfortunately. That's the sad part about it. But you know, it's a rebuilding year, Pittsburgh. But it, then again, here we go again. TJ's coming back after the bye weekend. You wouldn't be surprised to see Pittsburgh win three in a row, and everybody's saying, "Wait a minute, here comes the Steelers." Because AFC North is kind of down if you really look at Cleveland. They got a rapist at quarterback. Yeah, I said what I said. So he's not playing right now. Um, the, the, or I'm sorry, he didn't rape me like a sexually a guy who likes to sexually assault people. You got over 40 cases of masseuses. Somebody ain't lying. But all right, then uh, somebody ain't lying about that, Deshaun. Um, then you got you know the Bengals, who a lot of the little fans are Bengal fans. I see a lot of people that are a lot of little fans getting a war because the majority of Bengal fans are are a lot of Kentucky fans. Like y'all relax. It's okay. Like, just calm down, relax, guys. That's why I'm not a Bengals fan for the majority because I don't want to deal with them. So I don't want them these us having something in common like that. But I will state that I do believe that Cincinnati's in a downward swing. They just lost Jamal Chase as well. Their defense really hasn't been the same. That offensive line is still god shit. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is a badass at quarterback. You also got you know, Joe Mixon's a pretty good running back. They got good weapons. And then you got Baltimore, Lamar. And I will this, make this clear. I am a Steeler. I am a Steeler fan, but I'm a Louisville fan first. So I do want to see Lamar go good. Like, for example, when Lamar plays the Steelers, I want Lamar to get 525 total yards of offense and blah, 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 blah. But I want Pittsburgh to win the game. That's why I roll. Well, you're not a real Steelers fan then. Keyword, bub, I'm a Louisville fan first, Steelers fan second, and always will be. You can't change my opinion on that. But I think Lamar is in a great position to do well, and it's possible. But I take that back. As I spoke out of my ass. I believe Lamar. They can't finish games, but it's on Baltimore, man. Can you you know you go out and get Raekwon Smith? You're gonna pay Raekwon Smith, but you're not gonna pay Lamar. Tell you right, he won't play on that franchise tag. You better do something, y'all. You better better do something. Better do something. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Because you let Lamar go, there'll be a lot of people in Baltimore pissed off. Because you tell you take Lamar off that team, they can't win games. They're not in a position to finish games. But that's all about that. And also breaking news before I came on today, as anybody knows, I live up here in Indianapolis, Indiana area. Well, I live in Greenwood actually, and right, it's a people don't know it's right outside of Indy, and I would. I would be thrilled to let everybody know that Frank Wright got fired this morning. For thrill for Colts fans. Jeez Louise. Well, here's the thing, y'all. It's just time. Frank Wright's a good play caller. And watch this. Matt Kennedy gets fired in the offseason. Frank Wright will be the play caller for the Steelers. Wouldn't surprise me a damn bit. Wouldn't be. Now, if I'm the Colts, 
And I hate if I can resume this because your defense has been good all year. Your offense can't move. You ain't had a quarterback. Here's what I would do if I'm Chris Ballard, the GM, because I think Ballard's gonna get gonna get paid because Ballard ain't the problem. Man, he's he's drafted some diamonds in the roughs. He's got some great play. He's got some really solid players, solid players for the Indianapolis Colts. The problem is the offensive line is shit, dog shit. Jonathan Taylor's been in and out of the line because he's hurt. Defensively, you've been okay, but Leonard's been in and out of the lineup. And can we stop with this notion that the maniac around here is better than T.J. Watt and certain guys? Because I get told by his Colts fans all the time, he's a better linebacker than T.J. Watt. No, he's not because T.J. can do multiple things. Now, Darius is good in coverage, but he gets his ass burned a lot too. But T.J. can do – you take T.J. Watt Steelers, look what happens. I mean, we're worse than you guys right now. So this whole narrative around here that some of these Colts fans, well, Leonard's better than uh, – they're not T.J. Watt. No, he's not. Not even fucking close. Jeez, Willis. And he ain't the most important player on your defense. It's Buckner, to be honest with you. I've been saying that for the last two or three years. Buckner, man. Let me get – I take the force. I take Buckner over Leonard in a heartbeat. Man, he clogs up – because Pittsburgh needs that. They need a D-tackle that can clog up the fucking middle, man, because we killed through power running because of that steal. But anyway, it's just a new time here in Indy, man. You, you know, the day – listen, guys. Colts fans have got to stop living in the past. They've got to stop living in the past. We had Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne, and uh, we had Henry James for a time. We had Marvin Harrison. Yeah, you got one ring to show for it. It's just a, it's just the uh, God's honest truth. And, yeah, I know the Pittsburgh's ain't, Pittsburgh ain't done nothing since 2010. I understand, but you don't see me here grappling about our past. I mean, the past speaks for itself, but I want to move towards the future. That's the way it rolls. That's how I am, guys. The Colts have got to make sure that whatever draft pick they get, they make the right move. you got to make the right move on draft day. And here's another thing. The Colts fucked themselves. Ballard is so cheap with money. And I understand he's got guys that sign, but there were so many receivers out there that were ever. You had Pittman and Pierce you want to roll the ball with. But what happens? Pierce is starting to show a sign, which shows a great thing. But what happens if Pierce didn't play, hasn't been playing the way he's been playing? What do you do then? Now you got the ball on one side of the field. You double coverage. Other guys can't go. Paris Campbell is he's in he's inconsistent. You got Jalele Woods. When I told people when they drafted him, they said that's the biggest steal of the draft outside of Pickens. The Pittsburgh getting Pickens in the second round. I said that's the biggest steal in the draft getting Jalele Woods. He's a big tight end that moves and does everything he wants. I mean, he's a big run blocks, but he catches everything. Trust me, I saw him tore Louisville up last year. I know he can play. Come on, guys, you have got to, got to, got to. Man, Bowers got to spend some money, man, on offense. You had a there was a wide receivers. There was Juju. There was MVS. There was guys out here. OBJ's getting cleared. Ring a bell, like go give us some money, OBJ. Because let me tell you something. That Super Bowl last year against against the Bengals. When I was when I saw OBJ hit that shallow cross raw and got that touchdown against the Bengals, I said, oh, he about to tear their asses up, and he got hurt. OBJ is still a top ten wideout in this game today. Period. You gotta go sign find sign somebody. Sign guys. But anyway, if I'm the Colts man, and Alan Argan is not your answer as a quarterback. He's just not. I don't think he is. I think you you know you maybe you draft a quarterback. Maybe you go out there, you know, but the whole thing, ever since Andrew Luck retired, and look, I'm gonna make this clear. At first I was upset at Luck for doing it, and I'm not a Colts fan, but then I thought more about it. Here's the thing. You get mad, you get mad all you want at Ryan Grigson all you want. But it's on Ursay as well. Because if Ursay really, if Ursay put the buck and the liquor down and maybe some other things he puts in his body, he puts it down and he walks. 
you know, if he and he walks downstairs and tells Grigson, hey, we're gonna give Luck his money. No, let's not buy those used toys of Andre Johnson, guys. Let's go get him a couple linemen. Let's go do that. But Ursay was had his things wrapped up in other things, by the way, too. So that's true. It's just a saying. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But what do I know? I'm just a casual sports fan that does what he wants to do. Anyway. But also I want also I want to point out some to the jet. I want to talk, I want to go to there's a local charity that started here. It's called the Jeff Braun Camp. And it's it's a it's a, this is being I'm trying to be funny here. Um, the Jeff Braun camp because everybody thinks Jeff Braun is this great offensive-minded guy and he can be a great coach here at Louisville and all this other shit. And I make it real clear to you, um, no. All you do is beat Iowa and he walked to the Big Ten title game, and He laid a fucking egg on Saturday, didn't he? <laughs> tried to fucking tell you guys. I tried to fucking tell you about this guy. And we could do better than Jeff Brom if Sarah Phil doesn't stay here at Louisville. Well, he can do this. And that bring home Brom guy, he finally unfollowed me on Twitter, thank God. I made it real fucking clear to him. I didn't want to, you know, I made it real clear I didn't like his ass. He's been awfully quiet. Awfully quiet. Awfully quiet. Made his prediction. And by the way, how can you be a real Louisville fan when you bet at BC to beat Boston College to beat us? You beat it. Uh, you showed a picture. How are you a real Louisville fan and support the university when you do shit like that? So he's a bandwagon. He's not a real Louisville fan. So fuck him, by the way. Hey, here's another thing for you. The Jeff Brom, the fan support things. If you think I'm wrong, hey, guess what, guys? I got an inbox. You got a problem with me? Let me know. But I'm telling you right here, right now, he ain't coming to Louisville, and I don't want him at Louisville. Now, if he gets a, if it, some miracle somehow he gets a job, I'll support him. But I'm gonna let y'all know if he fails at Louisville, like he's gonna fail at Purdue. See, told y'all the guy's got. I think the guy's got a losing record at Purdue overall. He's got. I think he believe he's either at 500 or right below it. And y'all want him over Satterfield? Look at the class he's got coming in here at Louisville next year. You want that dipshit from from Lafayette to come down here? Please shut up. Come down there. Excuse me as I say that in Indianapolis. Y'all get on my damn nerves talking all this shit about both Brown would be your savior. No, he wouldn't. He'd be he he it'd get war it would be it would just be stagnant and stupid. It wouldn't make sense. And they go and, and Saffron don't say they're gonna go that route, they're gonna go some other route. They'll go get they'll get a guy that they'll go get a guy that's got some experience. They'll go get some guys like that. Plain and simple. Now <clears throat> excuse me. So I've covered a lot. Today on sports, I've done a lot of that. Um, trying to think of if there's anything else that comes across my mind. Oh, before I talk about WWE Crown Jewel, which I'm going to give you my thoughts on the review. Of the, the review of the matches, the whole event, the scenario leading the Survivor Series. I'm going to SmackDown Friday night as well coming up. So I'm excited about that. And also, back to Louisville men's basketball. I am off work Wednesday because I take every year the first game of the season. No matter what it comes falls on, I always take it off to watch it. I'm letting you all know right here and right now. I will be going, not technically. I will not be going that 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 um that um that evening after the game. Thursday morning, I'm gonna get bright up early. I'm gonna I'm gonna go work out. When I get done working out, I'm gonna come here, sit down. I'm gonna record. I'm gonna put a special edition pot like a like a, a quick episode out. It will be out that that evening, and I'm gonna give you the full breakdown of my thoughts of the game, where we go for and everything else, and we get ready for right stay on Saturday. And I'm going to try and do that. 
because I'm not going to be able to do it all the time because my work schedule because I work nights. I can't give it to you that way. So what I would do is I'm select games when I have time. I will put a special edition podcast out and I will put it out to show you, talk about the game and everything else. Plain and simple. So let's talk about boxing real quick because I got some guys I, I talked to on Twitter. My man at, at D-Dot on um, Twitter, we often talk about boxing and stuff all the time. I want to talk about Bud Crawford, Terrence Bud Crawford, and Earl, the truth spence. Halloween just came by. You should have got a couple of duck suits to wear because you've both been ducking each other for years. I'm done with you both. I'm done with them both. I'm, do- I- 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 I'm done with both. I'm done with both. I-, I-, I just can't take no more. I, I just can't. I can't. I-, I cannot stomach this. The two top three fires in the world. Because, yes, they're not. Because it's, it's those two in Canelo. They're top three in the world. You mean to tell me you can't sit down for twenty to twenty-five million dollars and fight each other? Whether Bud's team fell on this or Bud fell on this or Spence and Al Haman fell on this, it's on them both. This just been going on for years. And Bud's fighting in December, and I'm not watching it. And Spence is gonna fight here soon. I'm not watching either one until they fight each other. I will not watch them. And I promise you this: I swear to God, I swear to God, if. Both those guys go. They don't end, up, don't end up fighting each other. They go in the Hall of Fame, which they'll go in the Hall of Fame. But in my opinion, they're not in the Hall of Fame because they're not each other. I don't want to hear a word from either one of them until that they make the date. The date is signed, physically done. I'm fucking tired of them both. This is bullshit. This is why boxing fans are so irritated and so fucking mad about this because I'm getting pissed thinking about this. These two guys are the best in the world, arguably, and they have a shot to fight each other. We don't see this quite often. And it's not going to happen. Why? Well, uh, Spence wants it in Dallas, and Crawford wants it in Omaha. Well, first off, the fight shouldn't take either way. It needs to be in the. It needs to be in fucking the Garden, or it needs to be in Vegas, or maybe Philly. Fuck the Barclays Center. Let's go to the Garden. Let's go to the damn Garden, and let's get it on. Let's get it on. Oh shit. But like, let's get let's get it on. Like, let's get it on. Get it on. Just saw a breaking news thing on ESPN. Jeff Saturday's gonna be intern uh, intern head coach for the Colts. Congratulations, good for you, Jeff. That is one of the biggest problems. Offensive line. So I see why they brought him in. But you can't come in there. You cannot. You cannot sit there and tell me that these two like and people and people want to make the deal. Well, nobody knows who Bud is. Bullshit. People know who Bud Crawford is. For the love of God. Bud, people know who people don't call him by Terrence Crawford. They call him Bud Crawford. That's his fucking nickname. How do you think people don't know him? Like, just stop it. Just stop. I'm tired of this shit from both of them. And Spence, man, I, I got a lot of love for both these guys. But damn, man, you both look like a couple ass clowns right now. You're going back and forth on Twitter about this whole thing. Shut the fuck up. Crawford, do what you gotta do to fight that guy. And then if Spence is gonna fight Thurman, Keith Thurman, which is a waste of fucking time, in my opinion, because he'll finish Thurman, then if they don't fight after that. I will never watch either one of them again. I'm done. I'm fed the fuck up. I won't watch them. I don't care if Spence goes up and fights Charlo or anybody. I or same but I will not watch him. I'm done. I'm done with them both. They both need to fucking fight. Now let's talk about my man Deontay Wilder. My man Deontay is my everybody knows me. Deontay Wilder is my favorite boxer right now in the game. I will state this. It's gonna look like in March or April, he's gonna fight Andy Ruiz. Here's what I think about that. And this is a crazy ass scenario. Let me let me just point this out here. Wilder did come out, said the only thing that's stopping him from fighting Andy Ruiz is 
Anthony Joshua fight because it's a mega fight and we'll pay and we'll be picked and Usyk. I will state this. If Wilder fights Ruiz in, in March or April, like I think he's going to, I think Wilder wins by a knockout. I think he needs to watch out for Ruiz because Ruiz can fucking counterpunch better than anybody in that division. He is very difficult to slow down when he gets rolling, but I think Wilder will finish him. If Wilder gets past him and he can't get the fight with Usyk, I think in August and September, let's get him and Joshua in the ring. Give Joshua in the ring with somebody. Let him get a win back at that conference back. Because I want Joshua his best. Because I'm this. There's been this ordeal where everybody thinks Joshua beat beat Wilder. Here's what I'm saying. Yes, Joshua is more skilled. Yes, Joshua is a great defensive fighter. But let me make this real clear. Joshua ain't got a chin. And if Tyson Fury, the best defensive heavyweight, can can beat can can do his thing against Wilder, and he still gets dropped four times. What do you think's happening to Anthony Joshua? Joshua ain't gonna get back up. He won't. So plain and simple. So, and I'm gonna make this real clear. I believe this. If he beats these two guys next, Wilder, and then he walks in and says, you know what? Next January we can get some more. And if Fury and Usyk don't fight by them, he'll fight Usyk because Usyk will fight him. And then Usyk. He'll fight Usyk, and I think Usyk can give Wilder problems. But what if? But but here's the thing: what if Wilder wins? He beats Usyk. Think about this: he beats Usyk, and then Fury decides, you know what? I'm gonna fight Wilder for a fourth time and get all the belts then, and then that will be a mistake. And watch Wilder finally get the win against Fury. I just got a crazy feeling, man. Because I tell you right now, the first fight against Wilder and Fury, I would stay there say Wilder flatlined him in the twelfth round. The fight should have been called off. The, he, the fight was over, but the ref somehow, some way, let it go. Second fight, Wilder got his ass kicked. That third fight, though, Wilder showed a great. He showed patience and agility. And to be honest with you, Wilder was two. He was two hundred thirty-six pounds for that fight, I think, and he was way too heavy. And by the seventh round, his legs were gone. And Wilder. Every time Wilder thought it was over, he came back. And he knocked Fury down that, that fourth round. I thought, shit, we got a shot here. But these two guys, nobody wants to fight. The problem is everybody talks about Fury and Wilder, talks about these guys. You know, it was a shitty-ass trilogy. No, it wasn't. The first fight was very exciting. The second fight was love The third fight was fucking great. Wilder, in my opinion, showed everybody in that third fight that when he has, he can listen to he can listen to his coaches and everything else. There was so much shit going in that second fight with Wilder when him and Fury were there was fighting between his camp and all this other shit. And Wilder had a lot of bullshit, the glitz and glamours that fucking suit he had on. There was just so much bullshit going on. I do believe Wilder and Fury will fight if it, if it if Wilder does what I think he's going to do. Him and Fury are going to fight for a fourth time, and they're going to unify the belts. And that will be when Wilder gets him. I don't know why. Now, Fury is going to fight Derek Rocha for a third time. And I believe you, I don't give two shits about that fight because Wilder, Fury is single handedly whooped Karosha's ass twice. And then he's going to fight Joe Joyce, which I think is a good fight. But Big Baby, uh, you know, you know, you got, um, God, I'm almighty. Big Baby Jared, the heavyweight from Toledo, Ohio. I forget his last name right now. I apologize. Who knows what I'm talking about? He's coming. That's the guy. That will take the heavyweight division by storm after Wilder and Fury and these guys are gone. That's the guy that's going to lead us into the next five or six years of heavyweight boxing. That's the guy. Because that guy is skillful. He can knock you out. He's got great counterpunch and everything else. But anyway, as a boxing fan, 
You know, we also got Dave Benitez and Caleb Planner are going to fight finally. I can't wait for that. I think Planner has the skills, but I don't think he can stand there with Benitez because Benitez is going to knock you out. So, and also, I want to state this fact. Ryan Garcia, I finally agree with you, man. That tweet you said about how promoters are killing the sport, you ain't lying. But I will let this know. If he fights Tank, you got shot with those hands, but you get caught by Tank, you're going to sleep. Tank will put your ass to sleep and hope he shuts you up because I'm tired of hearing your mouth. Guy claims he's this and that, ain't fault nobody. Shut up. <clears throat> Overall, though, y'all, um, that's pretty much going to be the rundown of that. And oh, one more thing. Let's talk about the Houston Nationals winning the World Series. Congratulations to Houston. You guys won a World Series there tonight. It was a hell of a series. More importantly, congratulations to Dusty Baker, man. You finally got one. Hey, Cincinnati Reds, this is Shelby Green here, a diehard Reds fan who's very pissed off. The guy you fired 10 years ago just won a fucking World Series. Think about that. Where have you been in 10 years since you fired his ass? And you wonder why I won't watch the Reds on TV and why I won't go to any games? The Reds piss me off, man. I get so fucking bad thinking about the Reds. Part of my language, y'all, but they piss me off so bad. The Reds can... God, man, that city deserves it. The fans deserve more. The ownership's an idiot. They, they, they'll have great. They, they let guys go. Trevor Barr, I know he was a fucking idiot, but maybe you let him walk. You understand? But you'll sign Homer Bailey for a hundred million dollars, and he, if he throw, oh, he threw no hitter twice. Well, yeah, he, but he gives up nine or eight runs every time. You live with, we live with Jay Bruce all those years. It's just, you know, I love Joey Votto, but, man, it's just time. Like, the Reds just got Can we get new ownership? Can we get somebody in there? <coughs> pardon me, pardon. The, the Reds are like the Washington football, the the team in Washington. Look, the Commanders, the, they'll always be the Redskins to me. I'm going to point that out. But they're, they're similar to Washington. Piss poor owner, got a lot of culture, a lot of history, and the fans just want something different. That's Washington and the Cincinnati Reds. Those two, they're, they're, they're the fucking same if you really look at them. That's what they are. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just disgruntled and pissed off and just very, really, 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 really irritated. Really irritated. Really irritated with the Reds, man. It's, it's just, it's just disgusting, to be honest with you. I'm just fed up with it. Now, let's talk about WWE Crown Jewel. So I pull this results stuff. So let's pull up WWE. I'm pulling it up right now. I got distracted. Read that jackass reply by Rashawn Myers. I'm not going to waste my time with it. He's just an idiot. Oh, man, oh, man. So, this is WWE Crown Jewel took place in at Moose World Park in Rye, Saudi Arabia. I apologize if I put you in the name. But it's a, it is, you know, the, the eighth event that WWE has held Saudi Arabia under its 10-year partnership in support of Saudi Vision 20, uh, 2030. 2030. So basically, it took place on November fifth, twenty twenty-two. Like I said, it looked like a packed house. They didn't announce the pack. They didn't announce the um, announce the house, but it did look like a full packed house. But I will let you know that uh, this is excuse me. This is the um, they had eight matches on the card, and I'm gonna go by and review everything for the house. I mean, not the for the show. 
the matches. I'm going to run down key points of the matches I thought were good. I'm going to talk about what I thought of the event. And also, and also, I got a special announcement about pro wrestling coming up at the end of this program, so you might like this idea. But, um, yeah, here we go. So the first match of the night, they kicked it off with a bang. Kicked off with a match that I want to see more than anything. Because we're going to talk about Logan Paul at the end of the show. And my thoughts of him and thoughts of him why I'm a fan of the guy now. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. This is a rematch from the match from the Royal Rumble, which I went to that event this year in St. Louis. And um, I was really looking forward to this because I thought Triple H's regime, since he's taken over and everything else, is great. And also, I'm going to show you the revenue, what Triple H has done, some key points of why the WWE is in the right direction. And at the end, we're going to talk about AEW as well and their bullshit. So, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Lashley comes out first, big ovation. By the way, production wise, WWE does it, nobody does it better. The lighting, everything. And then, of course, Brock, they, they do a video package, and then Brock comes out. And then, of course, you know, Brock does this walk around the ring. Lashley jumps him, throws him into the ring. The ring steps, hurts his knee, spears him a couple times, spears him the barricade, gets him in the ring, does a, the bell rings, throws Brock around a little bit, hits another spear, and they get a false count, too. Good pacing starting out real quick. Brock gets a German suplex. By the way, the way Brock throws Lashley, and Lashley sells his German suplex, I love heat. Because Lashley knows Brock's strong enough. I ain't got to give myself a boost. Brock can throw me an arm once. I can just give him a little, little whatever, and he can throw me. Brock hits one, gets up limping and selling his knee. By the way, people say how Brock is so selfish. Brock is one of the best sellers in the business. It's not even close. Brock shows. Brock fought, uh, does another German suplex and he fucking gets up and hollows. They do a little something else. Brock hoists him up in an F5 on one leg. Michael Cole on the commentary selling the point about Brock and you know his leg. He didn't think he'd get him up, but he got him up. Gets a two count on Lashley. They do a couple more spots. Lashley throws Brock the outside, clotheslines him, does his little... Fireman's carrying to the ring post spot with Brock. Brock takes a hell of a bump off that. Kind of made me go like, oh, shit. Me and my stepson were watching. He was like, oh, that hurt. looked like it hurt. Get back in the ring. Um, Brock fights him out. Lashley shoves him off. Brock, he picks up Brock in that one-hand spine bust. And Brock got up for Lashley on that. Damn. You got to think about These guys are in their mid-40s, man. They're just freaks. Lashley taunts the crowd a little bit. Lashley kind of being the the heel here. Lashley comes in, puts the the hurt lock on Brock. They tease Brock and the and the ref just <laughs> spot the match made me laugh. The ref keeps asking Brock, "You want to go? Brock, you want to give up? You want to give up?" Brock goes, "No, I don't want to give up. Just shut up." I laughed. Brock fired. They look like they do the old school hand spot wrestling where they drop the hands three times. I love that. Love that. Brock fights out of it. Brock grunts and they. Brock gets his legs up, kicks up top turnbuckle. They fall down. Lashley hooks his arms. Lashley shows the ground. Brock, Brock's on top. Ref counts one, two, three. And Brock gets the win. I actually like that finish. It's an old school finish that Bret Hart did. And, uh, Bret Hart did a couple of those in um, WrestleMania against Roddy Piper here at the Hoosier Dome, the old RCA Dome, the old ring before they built Lucas Oil. He beat him in that. And within that, he beat Steve Austin some Survivor Series 96 with that finish. I like that because here's the thing. Lashley dominated the fight. Michael Cole and Will, Will Barrett's uh, commentary was excellent on this. And my, I want to point this out too. I'm going to talk about in the, the fourth match of the card more about Michael Cole's commentary, but you guys get what I'm coming from with this. But when I get to that, Brock and Lashley had a good, solid start to the match. When you want to start a, pro, a wrestling show off with a stadium show and a big feel, you want either a fast-paced match, like a tag team match or, or some cruiserweights, or you want two big-ass dudes that are just going to maul each other 
for under 10 minutes, and they went six minutes exact, and it was a good match. They had a good match. It was better than a match of the Rumble, in my opinion, and it told a better story. It told a story of Lashley was kicking Brock's ass, and he made one mistake. And um, it made sense. Um, I also think that, um, you know, um, I I like that um, the whole thing with um, Brock and, um, you know, Lashley gets up and Brock's selling the hurt lock and Lashley gets pissed. He puts the hurt lock back on him again. And Brock is selling his face is red. And after that, Lashley shoves him. Taunts the crowd. He kind of gets booed. He walks out. And there were some boos and cheers. Because Lashley, either way, he can be a babyface or heel. He's money no matter what. So Lashley leads his music play. And Brock is sitting up. And he's holding his neck. And he's cranking his neck and shit. And they go to black. And they go to advertisement. I That's why I want to point out again. Brock Lesnar is one of the best sellers in the business. Brock sell. He is so good at what he does. And y'all... Um, it's just awesome. It's just awesome in my opinion. Now let's talk about the second, the um, the second match of this this show. Damage Control, uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky, Eero Shirai, always we'll call her against the champions for the w, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, uh, Alexa Bliss and Oscar. Triple H has made it his sole purpose to make sure he can get. These damn tag team championships over because they were so misfortunate. Outside of uh, Shannon Baszler and um, Nia Jax and what Naomi and Sasha did with Little Women, they were the only two to really get those belts over. If you really look at it. now, I will state that Damage Control comes out. I, Dakota Kai is a good worker in the ring. Io Shy, Io, Io Sky, <laughs> she's really good off her feet. She's got great athleticism. And then, as they make their answer, they go to the back and they're doing an interview. <coughs> Alexa and Oscar are doing an interview. And Alexa says, we've been preparing for this moment. We know what we're going to do. And then, on the screen, the, the Bray Wyatt symbol shows up. And Alexa stops mid-sentence and looks at them. And then, bam. And, um, you know, then Alexa finishes the promo. That, you know, Bianca and Bailey are going to have... Bianca's going to take care of Bailey later tonight in her last women's standing match, which I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And then, um, of course... <laughs> Of course, you know, Asuka does. Nobody's ready for Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Asuka comes out, gets an ovation. Alexa Bliss comes out, she gets a hell of an ovation. Start the match off. Dakota Kai and Alexa Bliss, they did a little chain wrestling. Did a little, you know, the one thing you do with a crowd when you have a big hoorah, you slow them down, do some quick counts, false finishes, you know, quick little, little chain wrestling. Alexa showed that she can work a little bit of that style. Then they tag out, do some couple uh, near pinfalls to tag out, and then Asuka and Io Sky get in there. They elect, they get in there and they do then they do they speed things up with quick striking and flipping and everything else. So it was a good balance of tag team wrestling to start it off, I thought. I didn't think that uh, they did some false finishes where they got the heat on Oscar, I believe. Alexa makes it the hot tag, she comes in, they build momentum, you think, okay, finally, you know, they're gonna win this match, and then Nikki Cross comes out of nowhere, she cuts Alexa off, drops her with a top rope DET. I think Dakota Kai makes the pin. One, two, three. The, the women's the damage truck gets the world tag team, the, the WWE World Tag Team Championships back around them. Smart move, smart booking. Oh, by the way, back to the match rankings. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. I think they could have done some different things differently with that. I maybe it went a little longer, but to me, it's a perfect. It was a. It, it, I don't rank them as five star matches because it's hard. But I'm gonna say this. I wish the match was just a little bit longer with Lashley and uh, uh, Lesnar. 
But overall, on a scale of one to five, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a four and a half out of five. The women's match, I'm gonna go four out of five. It was solid, good finish, good working. But the belts go back on damage control like a ship. Obviously, War Games is coming up, which we're gonna talk to in a minute. Now, the third match of the night. This is what the second match of the night that I was really looking forward to was Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross in a steel cage. And uh, I like the promo package they did. Um, Cross comes out with Scarlet. Man, that dude's lucky to have Scarlet. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's a lucky man. But they won't come out. Drew comes out big pop. They, you know, Michael Cole does a rundown about how Drew needs this win. He, he clashed at Castle, he couldn't get it done. He lost the Extreme Rules match. He had to win this match. And I will let you know, I really enjoy the Steel Cage match. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really, I thought it was really good, man. I thought it was solid. Good work on both sides. Excellent for the standpoint that I thought what would, would, would cross. People are mixed on cross style. Cross is like a he misses his jujitsu background with wrestling. Like a lot of things he do, it, it's not prettiest, but it's effective. Though his, his suplexes, his forearms, close line. Like there's a thing where Drew, there's a spot in this match I remember where Drew does that belly to belly flip over the top off the top. He does that that throw. He gets good core strength. He lands on his feet, turns around, he comes to charge at Drew. Uh, Cross and Cross hits a running high knee at him, gets a two count. I thought that was good. I thought the story they used the cage. Well, Cross tried to escape, and um, and Cross uh, takes the, They did the old school, the old boss man and Hulk Hogan suplex spot, where they they Cross is hanging outside of the cage and Drew suplexes him back in. That's a hell of a spot. And basically, Drew goes to get out of the cage. Um, goes get out of the cage. Scarlet locks the door after she pepper sprayed him once and the referee, maced him, and then before that, then Drew gets back to his feet and then he climbs out the cage. Scarlet locked the door, Cross trying out. She realized she made a mistake, and as Cross is getting out, Drew drops the four wins. I will point this out that yes, Drew needed that win. It does not, but here's the thing: Cross just lost. Here's the thing: it didn't hurt Cross that he lost because it wasn't his fault. Scarlet cost him the match. So eventually, you know, Cross is in a good position still. He's still in a good position. I don't think it's nothing to worry about, but Drew needed to win. And because if it had been Vince booking that, it would have been Cross gets pins him in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring with a Claymore. Let's be honest. It was a simple, a simple old school finish where shit, Scarlet fucked up. Their plans backfired finally on her. Okay. Now going forward, we'll see. Cross, you know, work with some guys too, because there's a lot of guys they can work with, and I'm glad. And Drew did an interview on W the network, like a network exclusive, where he said, "I think it's over between us. They've already had two matches, so down the line, they can have another. They can work together." But Cross, I think, is over. They'll be all right. The fourth match card. Now I will make this clear. I was watching this with a stepson, me and me and my girlfriend and him. We went out and got some food earlier, and we decided, like, for lunch, we decided we need to make dinner. So I got up. While this match was going on, I was making hamburger helper for the family. So, ain't no wrong with some hamburger helper. Y'all know what it is, that double macaroni. I'm more of a struggling off guy, but little man wanted double macaroni. I had to make sure I get the double macaroni. But I put my cheese and my red out in and make it look good. <laughs> anyway, so as the, this fourth match is going on, I was in and out of it, but I caught the key moments. The Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Darren Priest. Finn Balor, Darren Priest, Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley, taking on the OC, AJ Styles. Luke Gallows and Carly Anderson. By the way, did you catch Michael Cole calling Doc Gallows accidentally? <laughs> but they, you know, Cole made comments to the, the Bullet Club and talked about the history of this rivalry. Where before that, you couldn't really talk about things. 
where Vince wouldn't acknowledge anything about professional wrestling. By the way, did you catch when they opened the show up that Cole said tonight could be one of those shocking histories in the history of professional wrestling? Finally, let's God, man, it's just so nice hearing WWE refer themselves to us as a wrestling program. It's just fucking amazing. Anyway, so start things off, you know, back and forth. You know, AJ and uh, Finn started to match off. Gallows and Priest get in. They do a little physical work with both guys. Then they Carl gets in. They get the heat on Carl. They make Carl makes a hot tag to Luke. Luke gets in there, throws guys around or whatever. Dominic Mysterio is a heat missile right now. <coughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Then Priest and Gallows and Anderson get knocked down, and then AJ and Balor get tagged in. They get the they get the call. AJ comes in, cleans house, gets a comeback, and then Rhea Ripley, as AJ's going for phenomenal forearm, Rhea Ripley sneaks in. Drops AJ. Michael Cole loses his mind on commentary. Somebody needs to kick that woman's ass. Finn hits that running drop tag. Hits the crudo girl. One, two, three. Judgment Day win. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. The OC is outnumbered because of Rhea Ripley. Nope. And the thing is, they're doing this thing where they can't touch Rhea Ripley. She's body slammed Luke Gallo. She's manipulated Dominic Mysterio. She's broken up family. She laid out Beth Phoenix. By the way, Rhea having the weaving and dedicating her hair the way she the, the to Beth Phoenix, the late great Beth Phoenix was fucking incredible. Nice way to get heat. Overall, oh by the way, back to Cross and McIntyre. I didn't rate the match. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Um, but this match was good pacing for what I saw. I was in and out of it. I'm gonna give it a. I feel like we were teased that they were gonna get somebody to work with Rhea. We didn't get it. Rhea gets the heat. I think it keeps them going. It's another match. I'm gonna go four out of five. I think it was that. It was really good, guys. It was really good, and I enjoyed it. This the next. So we're gonna talk about them because I think these eventually they're gonna see this match in war games. I think the people that you put there's only three people, three women that I would go with to take help the OC out. Personally, I think Charlotte Flair would not be a bad idea. You keep her out of the top picture here and Rhea Ripley can. Touch, do some things, but it don't fit. So people, two people, I think Raquel Gonzalez or Rodriguez, the Kane Janina Rodriguez, but Raquel would be a person because of her size and she's a badass when they had her in NXT when she was wearing all black. Now she's all colorful and shit. She's kind of laughable. I like to see Raquel get her hands on her. And another name that they've been talking about is Mia Yim, bringing her in. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, Mia Yim calls her the head bitch in charge. I think they could, she kind of fits more with the OC, to be honest with you. So it would, I wouldn't be a bad idea. But they got to get somebody in there because Rhea is such a physical specimen for a woman. She's a badass. I mean, I love Rhea Ripley. They got to get her, get somebody in there with her that can just kick ass. So, but anyway, I like that idea. Um, so, that works. Um, but overall, I, did, I, I like what they're doing. So, War Games, I expect to see the OC... And the Judgment Day in War Games. And maybe the OC finally gets a win when they, they neutralize Rhea Ripley with a woman. I think so. Maybe Beth Phoenix comes back, but that doesn't make sense because of Edge. I think eventually we'll see Edge come back. And maybe that. Now the fifth match in the show. And this is going to be a match that I... Giant versus Monster. Braun Strowman versus Almas. Now I will make this clear. I am a, I'm, I'm one of the guys that sees... I'm old school in the fact that size matters in wrestling. You got it. The, the, the bigger you are, the better chance you have to be successful. And it's just the way it is. 
I think that's why, because on one channel, one team, this one thing is, uh, one program is succeeding because their world champion looks like a badass, and then the other program we're talking about, you know, I'm gonna talk about later after this show ends, is more of a, a different type of workers. The reason why their crowds are half full and everything else right now. I think, in my opinion, this match I could go either one way. Either I was gonna love it, or I was gonna just say, "Well, here's what it is," and I will let you know this right here, right now. This may have been this to me. The main event was awesome. The opening match was great to me. This makes me so happy to be right once again about size matters because these two big bastards had a hell of a match, and I'm oh, I loved it. Omos comes out. He does that. They do that great entrance print. He they announce his height and his weight. Strowman comes out. He looks fucking incredible. They get in the ring. They tease. The, they do the old school spot where Strowman's teasing the crowd. You hear that, and Omos puts his hand up. They do the test straight. Omos cuts him off, throws him around. Strowman sells his ass off for Omos because he realized I got a bump for this big bastard, and he bumped his ass off. Did a couple spots where Strowman tries to slam him. Omos cuts him off, and Omos slammed him, and he got him up, and he had a great body slam spot. Puts one foot on the pin of it. Strowman kicks the foot off. Omos has got some charisma. Talk trash and Strowman like, you go get this work. I'm going to whip his ass. I'm only a giant here. Tease him. I mean, at one point in the beginning of the match, I forgot he grabbed Strowman by the throat, and he backed him into the fucking corner and started choking him. I thought, what the fuck? We've never seen Strowman get manhandled like this. I mean, we've seen Strowman get suplexed and this such stuff, but this is what... This is what makes, this is what you do. Strowman knows how to work. He knows how to psychology. He gets it. And then, of course, they go in and they work it off. And and then Strowman fires up and he cut, and almost cuts him off again. And this time he hits him with another bison, but it's a delay scene where he holds him up for three or four seconds. Then he drops. I'm like, damn, he's strong. Michael Cole puts over how Omos looks incredible. Strowman's getting man has been one-sided. And then Strowman fires up again, cuts him off to the ring, clotheslines him. He closed, uh, no, I take that back. Strowman comes back and starts throwing some right hands at him. He hits him with another right hand. Omos shakes his hand just looks at him. Omos charges him. Strowman clotheslines him to the, the ring ropes, tries to get him over the top rope. Can't get him over next time. Then he comes back and fully swings him this time to get him over. And then Strowman does the signal. He's going to hit the, the, the running tackle. And for the first time, somebody didn't. Somebody was big enough. They didn't have to step aside. Strowman comes running, and he just fucking, like the old thing Vader does when Vader used to stand there and tackle you, he did that and t- cuts him off. And then Omos gets in there. He throws him in. He stands up. And he's going to go for that, that choke bomb he does. And he gets him. He gets him, and he Strowman fights off of it, and he cuts him off. And then Strowman throws him into the ring the ring post. Comes charging at him. Roman, Strowman moves out of the way, and Omos is staggered. He gets him up for the power slam, takes two steps, drops him. Rolls over, turns his back to him, hooks the inside leg, and hooks his head. One, two, three. Perfect finish. Omos. Triple H got Omos moreover by him losing, looking dominant, making one mistake than he Vince did the entire time he was there. To me, that's incredible. That what he they were they made that work. That match was seven minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. It was perfect pace and everything else. The only thing that I would state that I thought was maybe Strowman gets a little more offense, but it got almost over. To me, it's a 4.7 out of 5. I fucking, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. It was fucking good. I thought it was great. They had a great match. 
to the point where I was like, I want to see these guys work again. And it leads it open to where, well, Omos and you know, Omos dominated the match because Strowman, Strowman got lucky. It's good storytelling. Strowman made that shit work. All right. So the tag, the next match for the tag, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Jimmy and Jay Uso versus the Braun Bridge, Rich Holland and Butch, aka Pete Nunn. And I'll make this real clear of this. I really, really like this. To the point where I was like, damn, this is good. Um, 10 minutes and 45 minutes, 45 seconds. Good pacing. Ridge had some good spots. Butch did the finger thing. They did the storytelling on Jay Uso's broken wrist. Supposedly, they had a great match. Um, good match, good pacing. Tag team match was quick, solid pacing. And after that, I liked um, I liked the way the match went. And I will give this. I'm gonna give this a solid. You know, it was quick pacing. Athletic. The 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 finish spot at the top rope with the one D was great. Overall, though, guys, I'm gonna give it a three point seven five out of five. I think the crowd was down from the Strowman match, helped hurt it a little bit. Good pace and good work, but it just felt like a little dull. Uh, Usos are still money. I like the Braun Bridge Ridge Holland has some good spots with his power, doing the they're doing the whole angle with Sheamus, you know, being taken out with an elbow. They did a lot of good spots, but overall, guys, I thought it was good. The three point seven five out of five. Last women's standing match for the Raw Women's Championship. God, can we get rid of the Raw Women's and SmackDown Women's Championships names? Can we name something else? It just sounds so bland as a show. They have a name after a fucking show. I don't like it. Bianca Belair versus Bailey, And I will make this clear. I hate, maybe I was in the mood where I didn't care. But to me, the match just felt dull and boring. Had some good spots with the chairs and the tables. The golf cart spot. Bianca getting thrown to a chest, getting out of it. Um, I thought the table spot initially when Bianca whipped Bailey off the, the hood of the um, the hood of the um, the hood of the fucking um, the hood of the golf cart was good. The chair, the table didn't break. Then they power bomb her through. She gets back up. They tee some more spots. The I did pop on one spot was the. The KOD under the chair where they turn on Bailey's knee. I thought that was cool. But let's talk about the finish. They trapped her underneath a ladder. Anybody knows, legitimately, it's a good idea, but Bailey could have got out of that. Technically. So I don't mind. I don't mind you burying somebody to win a match like that. Not burying like, oh my God, I completely buried him. No, I'm talking about like what brought like what they did with Brock at SummerSlam with Roman. That made sense. Bray Wyatt in 2014 with John Cena. That made sense. It payback. You know what I'm talking about the last one. This to me was just a way. I don't I would rather see Bailey get up fighting on her feet and she falls down than this. It just a it was a it was a dull ass finish. I didn't like it. Three out of five. Just did not like that at all. The only bummer I've had, in my opinion, on that. Then before the main event, Roman Reigns Luke Paul, we get the last cuff and Bray Wyatt makes his entrance. And I won't let you know this right here, right now. I've seen that entrance live, and I am so excited Friday night to see that entrance, see him walk to the ring, if he does, to see what he's going to do. I just cannot wait. Cannot wait to see it. Now, Bray comes out, and the crowd goes fucking crazy before he comes out. You know, he does the whole entrance thing. And the entrance theme he's got by Code Orange shattered. I'm ready to hear the whole theme, but it sounds badass. The You know, the drones up in the sky with the, the, Wyatt's, the Wyatt's six symbol, the butterfly and the fly mixed in. I thought that was awesome. But we talked about how, you know, everything's going well. 
and you know with Wyatt so far. So Bray comes in and he goes, "My name is Bray Wyatt," and he starts running down things about he comes from a prestigious wrestling family. Talking about you know everybody knows he's Mike Rotunda's son who is IRS. And he married into the Wyndham family, you know, Blackjack Mulligan, Barry Wyndham, and Kendall Wyndham. So he's from my process in Brothers Bo Dallas. He talks about, you know, the people he loved and lost. And he talks about, he goes, my name is Bray Wyatt. And the crowd's getting, we love you and everything else and all this stuff, stuff. You love the thought of me. Bray's promo. And then the the screen cuts off. And you see Uncle Howdy come on and run it down. And they cut off. goes, do what you want to do. You know what you want to do. The whole nine yards. And they cut the screen Bray staring at them. He kind of smirks and walks away. And then they cuts the black. I will state this. Bray Wyatt is the only one that can get this over. That's how talented he is. Everybody thinks Uncle Howdy is Bray in the flesh. I think it is. I think Uncle Howdy is Bo Dallas. And you're going to see Bo Dallas. And eventually, I think Bo Dallas, Alexa Bliss, and Eric Rowan, they they're all three going to be tied in somehow eventually. But overall, guys, I thought it was a damn good promo. Bray's the best promo in the business probably. Outside, him and MJF are right there with each other. <laughs> so it's like, damn. Main event time. Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. I did not know what to expect from this. I think Logan could work, but this is the big. This is a different stage, and I'm gonna let you know this was fucking amazing to watch this live. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it late on Sunday with my stepson. But I, we watched it, and we we were blown away by it how good it was. And we watched this. I thought Logan, you know, Roman not taking Logan seriously. Logan fires up at Roman. There was a couple spots where. You know, the Logan, the, the spot where Logan comes off the top rope and Roman catches him with that uppercut and gets calls out, K, you know, gets him in a headlock and calls out KSI. And Logan says, you want this work too. Good spots back and forth. Um, Logan Paul fires up. Roman hits in a, in a, in a standing rock bottom. Yurnagi gets a one-two count. Paul Heyman on the sidelines, on the south side, doing his thing, counting. Rise, my tribal chief. Paul Heyman. Facially, there's nobody that makes better facials than the business of Paul. He just knows when that camera's on him. He knows what he's doing. Like when Logan Paul was firing off some body shots, he was on the outside doing the little oh, 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 that whole thing. <coughs> and everything was good. And everything was great in this. They, they keyed on the whole thing with one lucky punch. And Paul finally fired up that fucking... He didn't want a Superman punch earlier. And it wasn't that. It was a flying form. And then he does the whole kick up. And then he fires up, makes a little comeback. And he starts tuning up the band. And that's what led to your Uranagi and the false fish. I apologize. Then they come back. Roman fires up with a Superman punch. He misses. And Logan hits that one lucky punch. And he fucking welded. You heard it pop. Roman you know, staggering, holding his ear. Paul's going, no, no. And then... Logan hits the Superman punch, hits, hooks the leg, one, two. Roman kicks out again. Also, want to point out, he did a buckshot Larry. Logan Paul did a buckshot Larry Baron Hangman Page. Adam Page does his. <laughs> That's pretty fucking impressive. And then they go to the outside. Logan Paul, you know, grabs his phone as he lays Roman on the table and takes a selfie. And he said, you're going to go viral home and hits Ada massive massive splash that was awesome. Like, my stepson was sitting next to me. He popped. Popped on that. Like, it was awesome. And then, of course, um, um, now that works. 
And then, um, of course, uh, you know, the Usos come out. They take out a couple of Logan Paul's minions. The guys on his podcast. He, he used the word minions, but the two guys are on his podcast. By the way, Logan's got a great podcast, by the way. It's pretty cool. Um, and I, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna praise Logan at this because it's just it's just really cool what he's doing, and I respect him for what he's doing. Logan comes in, and the Usos lay those guys out, and then Jake Paul's music hits, and Jake Paul comes out, comes in the ring, and I Jake Paul is is. I would say this, Logan is the better athlete, but Jake Paul has more charisma than Logan, I think. And I'm not knocking him, but Jake Paul, he goes in there and they have a standoff with the Usos, and he throws two of the worst working punches. I mean, look, dude, you could probably knock me out because you, you, Jake Paul, can he can throw some hands, but at the same time, like, he can't throw. Just say a little bit better. You know, Logan, and then, of course, um, you know, um, Logan Paul, um, Logan Paul gets his brother up, and they say he tells uh, no. Jake tells Logan, "Finish the shit, finish the shit." Logan gets to the top rope, hits an amazing frog splash on Roman, and you hear Waybear says, "We're gonna we're gonna hear the anger from all the wrestling purists about this." He hits it, and Logan and Roman somehow kicks out. Logan makes that face like, "What I gotta do?" And then all of a sudden, Solo Sokoa's music hits the 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 force in the bloodline, the Arn Anderson in the bloodline, as I like to call him. He comes out, and him and Jake Paul has a distraction. Jake Paul's distracted between because security runs out. They have a distraction. The Usos are behind him. Logan sees it, runs over, hits a like a, 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 a dive over the top rope, takes him out, and finishes it. He gets mad, gets fired up. He runs in there. Roman catches him with a Superman punch. Roman fires up, hits a spear. One, two, three. Five stars. I hate to say five-star match, but five out of five. Perfect match. Roman Reigns. Did something. Roman Reigns is the best performer in the business because of this. And I'm going to make this why it says the old school territory days, the NWA champion, the AWA champion would travel around the country and local territories would face off. Roman Reigns made what he, Logan Paul walked in there, people going, uh, 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 to people cheering and chanting his fucking name. Think about that. Roman Reigns, who is the number one guy in this in this in the sport, the sport of professional wrestling, literally made a YouTuber look like he was going to win the world title, like that. And Logan's good, but he's got to be. He's not in the position to lead a match yet. He's not in that position yet. Look what happened. To me, that's incredible that he was able to do that. I have never in my life been more blown away by a guy. The guy's had three matches. And it comes out that Logan Paul tore his ACL and his meniscus after this match. Roman Reigns celebrates after the match is over. And he does something where he, and you know, Eric, like Paul Heyman's hyping him up. And Roman's like emotional. He turns around, you'll never take this from me. And he wants, and the show ends with a video package. I'm going to give you my rundown of the show. And then I'm going to talk about Logan Paul. And then I'm going to wrap this up. To me, from top to bottom, this is the best professional wrestling show I've seen all year. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to go 9.5 out of 10. The only thing holding it back, I thought, was the steel cage match with Drew and Kerry. I know we're in an area where they don't do use some blood, but how can you have a cage match and you can't get some juice? The Bianca and Bailey match was kind of dull. And that's about it. That's what holds it back, I think. Outside of that, I had a great time. I wish I would have watched it live, but I had to watch it Sunday. But I knew, I kind of knew the results of what was going on because I paid attention. But I will let you know this. I, I am just, I was just thrilled, man. 
the first time they WWE made Saudi Arabia not a show. They made it feel like a not a normal show. They've done a great job of that, man. It's just good time. Now I'm talking about Logan Paul real quick. I have my doubts about Logan Paul, but I will like this real clear with Logan. I am very impressed with Logan Paul. In my opinion, Logan Paul is going to be, I'm going to say that for later, what I'm going to finish with, but I think Logan Paul is the best celebrity I've ever seen take this sport. He's taking this thing seriously. Like he calls it a sport. It's not entertainment to him. It's a sport. Like somebody questioned me, like, this isn't this fake? He goes, this shit ain't fake. It hurts. There ain't nothing fake about it. He tore his ACL on the meniscus. And I wish him a speedy recovery. And I'll tell you right now, if Logan Paul boxes, I'll watch his fights. I'm a fan of the guy. I support him. I'm a supporter of Logan Paul. I'm a supporter of him. I'm full head on heels. I am just so, 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 so excited with with uh, with what Logan Paul's done. He's it's just it's exciting. And I, I'm I'm rooting for the best for him. Hope he gets back. And Jake Paul, I would say this about Jake Paul, man. I'm not a big Jake Paul guy personally, but I tell you right now, he what he's doing for the sport of boxing, what he's trying to show these guys what he can do and everything else. I'm rooting for these guys. These guys have done a hell of an impact. And it's given my the thing I love, I grew up loving, giving it a good light. And it's given more notoriety. It's just awesome. God, it was awesome. Good show, great show, great professional wrestling event, great sporting event. Maybe one of the best sporting events I've seen all year. It was that damn good, guys. Seriously. So let's talk about Survivor Series. We got War Games coming up. I'm going to SmackDown Friday night. But I don't know where they're going to go, but I'm excited. But I will say, I, I, there's a group chat, a couple of buddies of mine. We talk about pro wrestling and other things like shoes and stuff. But I, I saw this. Somebody pointed out, WWE has a quarter, quarter earning calls like every quarter. And this is the third quarter. Stephanie, this is from Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie says, September 23rd episode of SmackDown had the biggest audience support since 2020. Credits to White Rabbit Rabbit Project for the boost, the Bray Wyatt vignettes. Stephanie says Clash Castle was the most viewed international uh, pay-per-view premier line event and the highest growing European event drawing 8 million in ticket sales. That's insane. Nick Khan says the 2023 Royal Rumble currently has a grossing gate skinning 4.6 million, which puts them on the tri- track for the highest grossing Royal Rumble. That's for this Rumble coming up. Obviously, 2023. Khan says that also WrestleMania has 100,000 tickets sold thus far over two nights, so the arena split. Khan talks about the talent search in Africa. The recruiting team will head to Nigeria to start search. That's probably the all Moss effect. Um, 2023, studio studios will, uh, WWE Studios will, will debate a new series on who with Bianca Belair and Montez Fords, which will run eight episodes in production, because obviously there are a couple. Then Triple H starts talking. He says the creative is working the storytelling resort with our fans. You're damn right it is. T- Triple H says that they are the most followed sports league on TikTok by Wadge Martin. Sports league. It's sports, not entertainment. I like this. Triple H says Bray Wyatt's new shirt has become the top-selling shirt across the Fantastic Sites. And Fantastic is one of the biggest online merch stores in the U.S. Fantastic Sports. They're, they're treating this as a sport now, guys. This is what I'm... God, I love this. Triple H says the creative they're doing out without Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Cody Rhodes, and Randy Orton. Those are significant stars who will move the needle when they return. That's incredible if you really think about it. They're missing four of their big components right now. Look what they're doing. Triple H says Europe is an interesting hub for other markets, making it closer. It's a closer place for outreach to places like India. He says once Europe is reestablished, they're looking to branch into other markets. Okay. He says it's a hard progress recruiting, bring big, uh, bring athletes from US, India, India to the U.S. Frank Riddick notes that the investigation to Vince McMahon and another agent is now complete and disbanded. Now they can move on with that. And Vince, they say, is not coming back. They are working with committee to employ the recommendations from that investigation. 
he says they spent $17 million on costs associated with investigation quarter three and $19 million for it so far this year. Financial report, the revenue is up 19% at $305 million. The operating revenue is at is at fifty eight point million down eight down eight percent. The obviously the operating revenue is also you got to think about the cost and the investigation and everything else as part of that. So they're up nineteen percent on revenue and everything else. Their business is great right now. Their business is fucking fantastic right now, y'all. And I am so thrilled about that. God Almighty, I love being a wrestling fan. So let's talk about AEW. Seems like everybody's little favorite wrestling company is starting to is starting to have some issues. Turn on, I don't watch Die in My Life. I haven't recorded, but I watched this past week. I watched the Tire Eliminator tournament they got coming up for AEW Full Gear. MJF, the hottest heel in the, the world, they're going to turn a baby face. Um, Wardlow is an afterthought after his run with MJF and the TNT title. He is working with Powerhouse Hobbs, another guy that should be on television more. Jericho is a Ring of Honor World Champion, which I understand why they will get Ring of Honor more. Nor, nor, you know what I'm talking about the word I'm looking for. Nor, more recognition, recognition, I guess. And the other night he had an open challenge, and Coca Bandit comes out on TV. I'm so fucking. It, the pettiness of this whole CM Punk thing. You bring Coca Bandit on TV? Seriously? You bring Coca Bandit on TV? It, it, it's like. Why? Why be this petty? Why be this ridiculous and this petty for no reason? There's no reason for it at all. I'll be honest with you. I'm um just it's this is just stupid. They're going and trip and this is the thing that bothers me. They have a chance to really be not a competition but an alternative, and they're being an alternative in the wrong way. They're they're the arenas are half full. They're they're everything is down for them right now. And I tell you the truth. I don't know if I'm going to watch Full Gear on time or not. I might watch it the day after on a replay. I just It's just not interesting to me. It's a damn shame. In 2021, I felt like, man, they're going to take this thing by storm. When they got Daniel Bryan and Punk and all these guys, they were getting Warlow over. They were doing so many things. And after Double or Nothing, this company is just, and after All Out, this company is just fucking falling flat on their ass, it feels like. Tony Khan has got the wrong guys in charge. He's listening to a guy like Jericho. Let's put Coco Bay on TV and literally show Punk something. Yeah, let's be honest. Jericho's not the draw Punk is. And I'll be honest with you, I'm sick of CM Punk too. CM Punk can go away. The guy's fucking, I hate to use the word cancer, but it seems like everywhere he goes, something happens. He has a problem with everybody, I guess. And Hangman Adam Page, you know, I wish him speed recovery on his concussion. But let's be honest, like, how in the fuck? Why you go on national television and say these things about punk? Why? Why? Because Omega and the Bucks put you up to this shit. You're just I, I'm just I'm just. And then Andrade, Andrade had an issue with um, Andrade and uh, uh, Sammy Guevara had a problem, and they get and Guevara's on TV in a high angle, and Andre Andre is not being Andre is not being allowed. And then Andre uh, tweets out, appreciate the, I appreciate the birthday, which is AEW. Nobody wished him a happy fucking birthday. WWE, you say all they want to say. They make sure they, they wish their, their alumni people happy birthdays and shit. AEW, it's just pettiness and drama around that fucking place. Why would anybody want to work there? It seems like Triple H, the Triple H effect is working. NXT is a better product. SmackDown and Raw, every week you're seeing something different. Michael Cole is a wrestling commentator has been on point with everything he's done. 
Meanwhile, I'm listening to Excalibur, a goofy guy. If, if you haven't followed PWG, have no idea who he is. Oh, he's a legend, legend on the indies. Yeah, he's a legend working in front of a building, a shack for about 500 people doing commentary. You got Taz, who's a good a good time. You got Shivani, who's good. You got, but it's just, there's just nothing working right now. And I'm just to the point where I'm like, Tony Khan is going to fumble. Tony Khan, if he don't get the right guys in charge, he's going to fuck this up for everybody. And I'm going to make this real clear, too, as well. Losing Cody Rhodes might be the nail in the coffin for this company for the next two or three years of them doing anything positive. Because Cody held a lot of things together. And look what happened. Plain and simple, guys. Outside the acclaim and Wardlow and certain angles. There's not really one angle that's got my I love me some MJF. The stuff he did with uh, William Regal. Outside of that. I don't try. I just skim through the show anymore. And I'm not trying to sound like Jim Cornette, but at the same time, like, same time, I'm like, he he's right about a lot of things in the show. I mean, I'm watching a a, a horrible cheesy ass gimmick in Orange Cassidy, a guy that would been a, would be a jobber in any other company. He's wearing a, a championship belt for this, but. A guy like Wardlow, who's your TNT championship, a title that was prestigious when it was first announced by Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee, is in the background. Can somebody tell me how this makes sense? Or a guy like Powerhouse Hobbs, who's a monster. Or Ricky Starks is finally on fucking TV now. Like, what in the fuck are y'all doing, man? Oh, yeah. Um, people are, you know, Tony Storm's your champion, but Thunder Rosa throws a crying fit because she can't, she doesn't, she doesn't want to drop the title. And then you got, but then you got Riho on television. But Jamie Hayter's finally getting her push, but they're going to fumble fuck that too. It's just, I don't understand what they're doing. Jay Cargill is a monster and a freak. And they're, the T, the TBS title is nine being feet, defended on TBS is on TNT. It's just, they're doing things I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. I'm hoping it turns out the best, guys, but I'm not very happy with AEW at all right now. Not at all. Nothing at all. I'll probably do a full gear preview next week on the show or the week before the paper, the weekend before the pay per view. But outside of that, ain't got much to talk about AEW. That's all positivity over here. And I'm pretty sure somebody's here, well, you're pro WWE. No, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> but anyway, also, I want to make a big announcement. So next week on the show, we're going to obviously I'll have that, that late show. Earlier this week, I'm going to do a push, a push out a, a Louisville episode that I want out by third. It will be out by latest, early Thursday, early Friday, so I can get a full to run down the game, I thought. I also. <clears throat> going forward, I'm going to talk about um, a lot of other things, but I know there's some movie reviews. Um, I'm going to go see Black Panther this weekend. I will get that review out next Monday for sure. That will be in it, and I'll recap the Louisville-Clemson game. Going to recap my Friday night experience of Friday Night SmackDown, and eventually, maybe I'll throw, from now on, I'll throw some special edition movie reviews in for the middle of the week, because there's some movies that are coming that I have, I've seen that need a review. But overall, guys, also, before I close the show, I'm making a big announcement. At the end of the year, the first episode of January, the first episode that year, I'm going to be announcing the Shelby Green Pro Wrestling Year Awards. I'm going to give you, next week, I'm going to run down the full categories of what I'm going to have, and I'm going to give you my reviews on that. And just remember, y'all, I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is, straight up. <laughs>